Welcome to the Creatives in Focus podcast. Hi, I'm James Reed, a fantasy author publishing under JMB Reed. The first volume of my epic 12 book fantasy series, Shadow of the Dragon, is available for purchase. Check out Foundation of Courage. Today I'm joined by Kersha Fox. She is the author of Son of Deception, Deception and Justice, Book One. How are you doing today, Kersha? <laughs> I'm doing fine, thank you. Thanks for having me. Oh, no problem. Glad to have you. I mean, you had me on your podcast, didn't you? I did, yeah. Yeah, okay. <laughs> it's been a while, so. Oh, I'm yeah, it was a few months ago. Uh, I very much enjoyed hearing about, like, how in-depth your world building was and um, and how many um, books and projects that you've written. It was, uh, it was a very good conversation. Oh, now, now we get to talk about your stuff. So. Sure. It's going to be fun. So, but before we do that, I always like to start things out with a fun question. So are you a morning person or an evening person? I'm an evening person. Okay. So is that when you like to get your writing done in the evening? Yeah. Um, I have four kids. So oh. usually that's the time that I'm, I have quiet and solitude and I can write until I can't keep my eyes open anymore. Yeah, that makes sense. I found that if I write in the morning, um, by the time it's evening, I just don't want to do anything. So I'm just like, oh, I'm done for the day. That that was my problem. So like I had a, when I was working, I would wake up earlier than I normally would. So then I could write before going to work. Mm-hmm. And then I would just go to bed earlier because I'd be tired. Oh, for sure. I think as a writer, you just have to figure out what pockets of time you can steal to, to write in this point of life it's just the evenings tend to work out a little bit better for me but during the day I'm thinking about my plot lines I'm I've got it going on in the back of my head all the time so in the evening I can take all of that stuff all of my notes that I've made throughout the day and put it on you know put it into the computer so I get that mm -hmm. so let us talk about your book Mm -hmm. uh, Son of Deception yes which uh two men One's a paladin who died defending a fallen angel, and the other is a librarian who died to protect a secret, are both restored to life. Why? Let's find out. Tell us about your book. All right. Um, I did a fun thing where I began the book by killing both of my main characters. That's a bold decision. (laughs) Yes. Um, And they both wake up in coffins in some kind of ruined tower without really any memory of how they got there or who they were. They, they kind of barely have their names. They are offered a second chance at life and, you know, they don't have anything better going on. So they accept. I'm, I'm laughing. <laughs> <laughs> um, and they're, they're sent on this mission to uh, bring back this powerful entity that was wrongfully imprisoned. So they have a year to do so. So they've got a bit of a deadline. It's kind of funny because in this world, paladins don't have a very good reputation. Um, and so Book, who's a half demon, is a little bit nervous about this. <laughs> okay, yeah, I bet he is. I can see that, yeah. Demons and paladins don't normally get along in most fantasy settings. They do not. Um, I really love to uh, turn expectations on their heads. Um, I often like to set up uh, an expectation and then just like, nope, it's completely different. Not what you're thinking at all. Have fun. 
but a lot of people have said, oh, that works really well. And they, they really like the the fresh take that I have on a lot of the old tropes, a lot of the old characters and races. So there's enough that you feel familiar with in the world, but at the same time, it's not quite ever what you're expecting. Okay, okay. So uh, how did you kind of, how, what was your journey to become an author? Were you always wanting to be an author? Is this something that surprised you in the last couple of years? Or, so how did you get here? Yes. Well, I began as most authors do. Uh, as you know, I've, I've interviewed quite a few authors and a lot of them say they began in junior high or high school. And I'm the same way. I spent most of those years just dreaming about this novel I was going to write and I'd write snippets and draw art and uh, so in love with this book. And then, um, you know, life happens and I took a different path for a while. But I always liked to write as a hobby. Um, when people ask, oh, what do you like to do for fun? I'd say, oh, I write. And they're like, oh, you know, can I read it? And I go, no, it's garbage. <laughs> but I was OK with that. I was OK writing garbage just because it was for me. And uh, a few years ago, I dreamed up this character book. He, I knew that he was a little half demon, curly white hair and horns. And the more I thought about him and his, he just started telling me his story. And I just really fell in love with him. And I thought, you know what? This this is it. This is a book worth writing. It's worth giving to other people to read. So I started writing his story with the intent to publish it. And awesome. then Alaric came along because came along because book needed a best friend. And then Alaric just went and stole the whole show. Everyone um, comes back to me and they say, yeah, we like book, but we love Alaric. <laughs> yeah, that's generally my side characters. It's never- yes. It's rarely my my protagonist that is everyone's favorite. But maybe in uh, my math series where I, I just went one main character, because I usually do multiple POVs, and so I just went one POV for her. So she's, like, the only one that's in charge, and so she's there for the entire book. And mm-hmm. I don't know. I'm there, although it's also my least reviewed <laughs> series, so... Yeah, so, so I don't know. This dual point of view, it, it alternates between the two. And in addition to what they're doing in the present, they're recovering memories as they go along. So you get flashes of their past. So you now understand where they're coming from. Why are they the way they are? You know, what are they bringing in to to their new lives? So it's mm-hmm. a lot of fun piecing together the mysteries of their past while they're also trying to solve a mystery of their present because the world is unfamiliar to them now. It's been quite a while since they died. Oh, okay. Yeah, that's always good. Let's you um, you know, use the protagonist to be uh the audience's surrogate so that as they learn about the world, you can, you know, it's a good excuse to do your exposition. Yes. Well, you got to fit it in there somewhere. You've got to paint the stage in a natural organic way, but yeah, it's a very careful balance, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. It's it's hard when like you have a character that's that knows what they're doing and knows everything, you know, to also then try to, you know, teach it to the, the reader, you know, because then you just can't have someone like, you know, answer their questions. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, so that's always a like a fun thing. But yeah, no, it's it's good. So um, was this just going to be a one off or is there sequels? Uh, there is a sequel already out, actually. Oh, awesome. White, yeah, it's called The White Leaf Child. And I am right now writing the third as fast as I can. I wanted to be a rapid release author and I succeeded on that with the first two. And then this third one is uh, really kicking my butt. <laughs> it, uh, it might take a little bit longer, but I'm pretty confident I can get it out within the year. So 
I began Son of Deception intending it to be just a single book. And it got to, oh, geez, like close to 200,000 words. And I was like, this is too much. So I, I, I cut off like the last 100,000 words and the first book, you know, was born. And then I took that second 100,000 and made it better. And that was the second book. And now I'm writing this third book. Yeah, that, that was me on my first book. They keep getting too thick, too much plot, too much going on, just more detail, more everything. So um, I do not know if I'm going to stop with the third book. Uh, that's sort of my intention right now. But who knows? Maybe maybe they'll keep whispering their stories to me and I'll keep writing them. Yeah, no, I definitely know that. My first book, I had the split in half. And um, after that, no, I've gotten a lot better. Like, I know. Like, this is a book worth a plot, and this is more than a book's worth a plot or whatever. <laughs> so yeah. You just kind of learn, you just kind of learn, like, what, like, you know, what you're going to take to write that. Like, you're not going to be, like, 100%, but you're, like, I don't know, usually within, like, 20,000 words of, like, what it ends up being at this point for me. But, yeah, yeah it's good. And so, uh, you've been having fun writing this story. Do you writing anything else, or are you just all in on their tail right now? I do occasionally start other documents to record ideas I have for other books. I started one that I thought was a like a Rapunzel fairy tale retelling. The more I got into it, I was like, oh, no, this is Hunchback of Notre Dame <laughs> retelling. <laughs> oh. I was like, wait, this has already been written. But uh, again, not serious, but just sometimes you have an idea and you've got to get it down and, and see, see what you've got. Um, that, so that maybe you can explore it later. But most of my free time, if I'm not writing, I'm reading my friends' books and stories. I'm, I do light editing jobs. Um, I do a lot of arc reading and beta reading and whatnot. So, uh, yeah, I just feel like I'm, I'm either reading my stuff, writing my stuff, or I'm reading somebody else's stuff and helping them on their journey. Plus you have your own podcast, right? Yes, yes, I do have my own podcast with uh, Julia J.K. Allen, and we love to uh, interview other authors. Um, but the show is aimed not so much at the readers, but at other authors who uh, might be like in the beginning of their journey. And um, we like to ask them about like, you know, like what would you do to guide another author who's just beginning? Um, I think that I really would have loved that sort of podcast when I was starting out, maybe when I was still developing my own sense of style it's, it's yeah, a no. message to hear from other authors that there's no one way to do it this is how i do it and maybe this is advice that will help you yeah what what was the the quote is someone wrote down the rules for writing but like it got lost to history or something like that yeah yeah there are no rules but there are rules, but you can consciously break them. Well, yeah, there there are rules for yeah. There, yeah, there are rules. They're good. They're more they're more guidelines. It's like this is a path that we know works, and you know if you want to go off the path into the wilderness, you do so at your own peril. For sure. Yeah, that's yeah. I think that's more how it is. If you stick on the path, you'll probably meet. You'll probably be fine, especially as a newbie author. But you know, as you get more developed you know you know feel free to have fun jumping off the path and trying something different and maybe it'll be a complete disaster and uh either way you should learn from it mm -hmm. i feel <laughs> like, like I'm not... everything that we write all right right you'd be like i'm never writing another character that has like the ability to see the future again and <laughs> because yeah 
just that 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 just really makes your day as a writer hard yeah this character she could just look into the future whenever she wants it's whatever yeah you have to figure out the the flaw oh yeah i had to find some some flaws she can see the future but only so far as the choices that have been made so far well how her power worked is she has like a finite amount of so like she has like a reserve of power and Mm -hmm. it's constantly being refilled but the farther into the future she sees, the faster she burns through her reserve. So, like, she can peer basically five seconds into the future indefinitely, mm-hmm. um, which means that she can just avoid, like, tripping on things. And I saw a Nicolas Cage movie that had a similar character with that, that ability. It made him very yeah. hit because he could see all the possible hits and just avoid them. But he still had uh, his own challenges. Yeah, I mean, she can also like that. So yeah, well. yeah, and like I said, she could she could cycle through possibilities mm-hmm. um, through it, so she could just experiment with what she's doing. But as I said, it comes at a cost of power. But like I found the limitation was like you know um, maybe she sees something you know maybe she's looking five minutes ahead to watch them of danger. But like if she missed that someone spot them like ten minutes in the past and it doesn't or ten minutes if you know like there's like a window. Oh. That she yeah. can make mistakes. This is something she learns. Like she can make mistakes, or she cannot look far enough. Um, and then, of course, I threw in other powers that can mess up with her visions. Yeah. So, There's yeah. nothing saying you can't write that character. You it's might not that I you have it's, to do it, it again looks, because it's oh gosh, that would be very hard to write to put into literature. But you can do it. No. You can. I did it. It just it just meant that every time she was around, I always had to ask myself, what is she going to see in the future? And how is that going to impact it? It didn't sometimes make things easy. Like um, when they had to search a, a ruins for like something ancient, I'm like, well, she just like, she just like gazed through all the future until she found the, the, the future where they found what they need. And then she's just like, it's over there. And then it just, you know, it cut out the whole, so like, you know, it can cut things out. And it also gave her a character arc because, you know, she had a, she had the whole pressure of like trying to keep everyone safe by seeing into the future, you know, so it really That's affected her. pressure on her. Yeah, because she started out as a very carefree character because, of course, she can just run around like and do crazy stuff because she knows she will be fine. So uh-huh. she has a she has a very um she has a very like rock solid belief in her powers to always see her through danger. And so you know it was a fun character, right? But like it was just annoying having to like every time I had her there, I always had to think of how how is her power going to mess things like yes. how is her power going to change things and and then how can I keep that from just making it like easy mode for the party? And hopefully you catch it early enough and not the next chapter. You're like, wait, she would never have allowed that to happen. And if you go back and plot holes. I don't think that happened with her. I think I was, okay. I was pretty good. I had yeah, another plot hole. a problem with me a few times where I'm several chapters ahead and I go, you know what? They wouldn't have done that. So I have to go I, back and change it. And then there's all these cascade changes. Like I set up that that if this event happened, it would stop all magic from functioning in the world. And then I got to that point where it happened and I forgot. And I wrote like four chapters of characters using magic. <laughs> and then I was like, oh no. oh no. I'm in this like complicated, like final action scene for an entire novel. It's so complicated. And I'm having a bunch of characters use magic and they're not supposed to be using magic. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> to just weep. It's part of the process. And I love that, like, like we can tell new writers, it's okay to get it wrong. It's okay to go down the wrong path and come back. And, That's know, right. At least I didn't it. publish it. Yeah. I got it before. I got it in the rough draft. So yeah, so now I'm in my third book, and I'm, I'm still still working through it. 
Um, but it's going to it's going to be so good. I'm so excited to share this third book with everyone who's read the first two. Yeah, I bet it sounds great. Uh, so you have you have nothing else kind of really in the works. You just got this third book on. Uh, do you have like any advice in for out there for newbie authors since that's actually kind of what you like to share? Oh, for sure. A lot of my advice centers around finding your people, um, getting your team together. Writing, you, you, you think, would be a very solo activity. And for sure, there's no one who can write it for you. I mean, obviously, unless you're hiring a ghostwriter, but most of us aren't doing that. You have to do the writing, but you need to get your beta readers together, the people that you can trust with your raw manuscripts who can advise you along the way you need to find your editor or editors you know you need to get your team together your cover people uh, who's going to do your formatting your arc readers the people who you know who are going to promote you and 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 you know and even the people who are going to text you and be like hey did you do the writing you said you're going to do you know <laughs> you need your own support team um of of friends uh, that or family or or whoever you have to help you along in this journey. Hold your hand a bit. Know that you have uh, you know your own group. You you do a lot of writing together. You do a lot of collaboration. You know you you help each other along the way. It's someone you can talk to about what you're working through, and that you can bounce ideas off each other. Yeah, no, that's some good advice. Yeah, find your team. Yeah, I mean, I have I have a team of people that. <laughs> I, mean, I feel bad, but like, like a cover art is like, hey, man, look at this great work. Do you need a cover art? So I'm like, no, sorry. <laughs> you know, or like, hey, I'm really good at editing. Do you need an editor? And I'm like, um, I have I have an editor. Mm-hmm. She writes my stuff and sends me messages that are like, I don't understand what you wrote here, which means which means you really um, created something of immense stupidity here. Please fix because it is complete nonsense. Then I look at it and go, I'm like, how did I write here? <laughs> I'm trying to decipher it and go like you definitely need like, uh, an a editor couple of too. Yeah. yeah but it has to be someone that you trust to like trust their advice and that you know that they're reading in the right direction and that they're going to catch the things that you need them to catch yeah um, here's some good advice for an editor if they rewrite your book they're not a good editor no they need to preserve your voice they need to polish and shine your story yeah so I've definitely had people that are like, they just like, they want to rewrite your book and like, no, 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 this is my story. I just need you to smooth. Yeah. Polish it. Help me with my blind spots, you know, but not to like rewrite my book. Uh, anyways, it was really great chatting with you, uh, Kersha or Kersha. I'm sorry. Kersha. Yes. Kersha. If you want to let uh, people know where they can uh, connect with you on social media. All right. Um, I'm pretty active on Facebook. Um, I do post to TikTok, and then I, I sort of have a presence on Instagram when, when I remember it exists. <laughs> but, yeah, everything is Kirsha Fox. I kept it very simple. I also have a website, kirshafox.com, where uh, I have my books for sale. Um, and then if you buy them from there, the print version, then they come signed and with handmade bookmarks from me. Uh, but, yeah, I'm, I'm pretty approachable. Um, and then also I have a uh, at gmail.com. If anyone wants to email me, if they have questions or they want to reach out about the show or just, you know, network, uh, I'm always open to that. And then um, my uh, podcast uh, is called the tell not show. It's posted to YouTube 
And you can email us at the show at gmail.com with like your information if you want to uh, be a featured author. So, <laughs> yeah, no, it sounds great. Well, it was really great chatting with you. You too, James. Uh, again, yes. I, I very much enjoy uh, being a part of your Facebook group as well. Oh, awesome. I got to remember to post there more often. I go through like cycles where I'm really good at posting in there and then I <laughs> stop. Oh, we, we all are. Um, sometimes I remember that I need to post a TikTok and I'll post a bunch and then forget about it for a month. You know, life gets busy and it's OK to kind of move in cycles. Yeah. Well, anyways, it was really great chatting with you and uh, I will definitely look forward to uh, getting the chat with you again. Yeah. Take care, James. This has been Creatives in Focus. You can follow my books on Amazon under JMD Read. Or join my readers group, Fantastic Worlds of the Imagination, on Facebook to keep up with news and releases.